Welcome back to the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm Matt Gentile alongside Drew Stevens. Drew, how's it going, man? Oh, I can't complain, man. Can't complain. Um, Bulls are playing some more inspired basketball of late. Zach looks like um, he's kind of hitting the ground running to uh, the new year, or as we are in the new year. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling encouraged for the first time in a while with the Bulls. And I, I definitely want to talk about this latest stretch, two and one in the last three games. Zach Levine seems to be kind of rounding back into uh, high-end form, which is great to see. And you're seeing a lot more effort. But before we get into that, I do want to uh, address something that uh, occurred today before we hopped on the mic here. And that's that uh, we found out that one of the better Bulls beat writers was uh, let go from NBC Sports Chicago today. Rob Schaefer. It's an unfortunate part of the business with sports media. You see this happen quite a bit, but I know you and I were both big fans. Rob, we wish him the best, and I'm sure he's going to land on his feet pretty quickly. If if not in Chicago, somewhere along the the national or some other NBA beat for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't have the pleasure of knowing Rob personally, but I've had the opportunity to speak with him a few times uh, via podcast and obviously with the opportunity with the bigs, um, I was able to kind of meet him in person and, and talk to him briefly. Uh, very cool guy. Uh, he is in person, I guess what you would assume or what you get from um, watching him on the Bulls Talk podcast. Uh, very um, talented writer, reporter, um, great basketball mind. And it, it was the stunner to, to learn that he had been let go. So I wonder what's, you know, what's, what's going on over there, but I'm, I'm confident as you are, as I'm sure everybody in the Bulls community is that he's going, he's going to, you know, be picked up uh, very soon if he so chooses. Yeah. And like, you know, we, we kind of buttered him up the last time he was on. It wasn't too long ago. It was about a month ago. Um, you know, we had Rob Schaefer on and, you know, the cool thing about him is he's able to blend in his personality in, you know, when he was doing Bulls Talk podcast in his writing, uh, he has a very unique voice and he's a really good interviewer. I think he's done a fantastic job getting tidbits um, in the locker room during press conferences, especially with Billy Donovan. I feel like he did a really good job being able to press Billy Donovan in a respectful way that, that got answers a lot. Um, so you know, he's still very young. If if most Bulls fans don't know, if you haven't seen him in person or anything, he's a young guy. Um, so he has his whole career ahead of him. He, I think, is is definitely going to land on his feet soon. So, uh, you know, I know he actually he's somebody that did listen to the podcast even on his own. Um, so if he's listening now, Rob, best of luck to you. Hey, in the meantime, if you want to hone your skills, feel free. <laughs> you're You're welcome to come on. <laughs> At any point, Absolutely. always good to tap into that knowledge. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, to get back on track with the Bulls again, we said this last stretch two and one. You and I both predicted one and two in this stretch because you had um the 76ers, even without Joel Embiid, it's a very talented team. You're playing them on the road, and the Bulls go in there and get a very impressive win. Zach Levine just caught absolute fire torch the 76ers in that game bulls come back against the utah jazz and the fight lowry's wire marketing's putting up a good game you have this sense oh crap here they come jazz are going to win this game but the bulls 
We talked about that resiliency that they need. They hold form, squeak it out in an eight-point win at home on Saturday. And look, last night had a loss against the Celtics, but that was a rough game. I think they came out still with a lot of effort. It was a fun game to watch. You see how they match up pretty well against this team. And Zach Levine, again, another big game from him in Boston with DeMar DeRozan going down with an injury. So overall, like I said, encouraged with this two and one stretch. Yeah, same, same here. Um, you know, to start the season off, we got the the news that Zach was going to be load managed because of his knee. And then um, all of a sudden that kind of went by the wayside. And, you know, we're now seeing him play in back-to-back games. That's other than that was special about um, that back-to-back with the, the Nets and the Jazz. Like he had those two ridiculous games on back-to-back, back-to-back nights. Um, so that was very encouraging. But more than that, just ever since the – Minnesota debacle, um, you know, Zach really looks like he's rounding in the form. He's scoring pretty much 27 points a game, shooting 51% from the field, 47% from three. Um, he looks to be back to form in terms of, of getting to the basket. You'd hope that, you know, the refs would be a little kinder with their with their whistles, but um, that's still an issue, which in turn can be an issue for him because he likes to kind of bark at him a little bit, and sometimes mm. it can impede him from getting back down court and, and stopping this man in transition. But, um, you know, all things considered, it's it's a very encouraging stretch. I think that with them having the easiest remaining schedule left in the NBA, according to Tankathon, there's, there's really good reason to believe that they can, you know, maybe play their way into that sixth spot. What's yeah. going to be interesting is – how Acme views them playing and, and them looking better on the court against Vucevic being an inspiring contract, Kobe White being an inspiring contract, um, mm. the Rosen going into a lame duck year, um, as it were, and possibly wanting more money um, before he goes into that season and what that might look like. So it's, I've said this before, but I, I, there's a part of me that just – I feel bad isn't the right word, but empathetic toward Eversley and, and Cardinal Sovis because they did have a pretty good vision. I, I know the parts don't fit seamlessly together, but there was a method to the madness, I think, and injuries just derailed it. And now we're seeing kind of this phase, this first phase of their vision – um, kind of bumping into bumping into a ceiling, and it'll be interesting to see where they go now. I will say you're probably one of the few people left in Chicago or the Chicago area that's empathetic towards them, but I, I see where you're coming from. Like, I think they threw a lot of eggs into the Lonzo ball basket, and I think their vision was like this was the the piece that could kind of bring it all together. I think the issue with that is you're trusting too much onto one player who's probably a key role player, if anything, right? You know, you want to have a backup plan just in case. And I think that's what's sort of been frustrating, at least for me. But I do agree with you. I think like that was sort of their vision and and the injury and injuries last year, I think kind of derailed that seeing that vision through. And I think that's why they wanted to hold out hope for this year. You bring up a good point with the schedule. And I definitely want to talk more about that. And the report that came out uh, from Darnell Mayberry with The Athletic about what they could do around the deadline or what they won't do around the deadline. But 
I want to go back to something you said about the Minnesota debacle, because we brought that up on the last episode. And I kind of got thinking about this because I think two things can be true when it comes to Zach Levine. I think it's possible that we did underestimate and, and I'm maybe one of the people that did underestimate the load management to start the season a little bit that coming off the surgery that he had on his leg, not being able to get some actual action on the court other than just rehab um, and just getting some shots up. Like maybe I downplayed that and some other bulls fans downplayed that, but I think there is something to the fact he had to get back into that normal game shape and get back to the level he's at now physically. I do think though, he did need that kick in the keister a little bit. Cause I do think there were two things kind of going on. I think maybe, maybe the actual getting back into the flow of everything played into his kind of mopiness on the defensive end and lack of aggression at times offensively, even, or just checking out at times. I, I think early in the season, maybe that factored into it. You know, we talked about it on, on a couple episodes that, maybe there was a seed kind of planted in the back of some of the guys' minds and Zach being one of them that, Hey, you know, the way last year ended, maybe we need to scale back a little bit or take our foot off the gas a little, a little bit to kind of preserve ourselves. And, you know, I don't want to speak for that. Like I, it's just a guess, but you know, maybe that factored into it a little bit, why it kind of took a while to kind of turn this corner, but you know what, here we are. And I hope it keeps going because this level of Zach Levine is the reason why you and I are very confident that the Bulls need to keep him, whether they're they're doing a retool, a rebuild, whatever, keeping it status quo. I think he's got to be one of the guys that remains here unless this just continues to nosedive. I think the, the ship has kind of steadied a bit. And now you're seeing why it's important to keep a younger asset like a Zach Levine, because these are the things he can do for you. Yeah, and, and during this stretch, we've also seen Patrick Williams continue to show signs of growth. Now, of course, mm. he's 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 kind of it ebbs and flows a lot with with Patrick Williams, but we we've seen um, him, I think, make strides this season in general. And again, within this last uh, twelve game stretch, Kobe White, who mm-hmm. it is very ironic how <laughs> he's he's proven valuable to this team. Mm-hmm. Though he's not shooting particularly well um, from three, which is supposed to be his bread and butter, and the reason why um, you know this team needs him, it, it, it's, it's 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 kind of a funny thing. I don't know how many people saw that coming, and <laughs> I, I never would have saw that coming. And I, I've always been a big Kobe White fan, and mm. you know it's it is amazing, but it does seem like he hits big shots when you need it. Like that's the thing. It's just. The, the numbers don't tell that story and he seems to hit these big shots in, in the most, you know, necessary moments of a game. So yeah, it, it is cool to see that. And, you know, you brought up Patrick Williams, like we talked in the last episode about the 22 point output against the nets, 18 against the Sixers. You know, I thought he, he didn't do much in terms of scoring against the jazz. I think he only had like seven points, but defensively I think he did he held his own that game and then you know this last game against the Celtics I think it was just kind of like a an overall shitstorm for the team yeah like you got to look at collectively Zach Patrick Williams Kobe White Nikola Vucevic I think has had a really good stretch lately they are starting to turn this corner and I guess it, it kind of speaks now to this report we we saw yesterday from Darnell Mayberry of the Athletic I know you 
brought it to my attention about it. Maybe Acme might stay status quo again, or at least aren't looking to rebuild. That's how Darnell Mayberry phrased it, that they're not looking to do a full teardown of the roster. It didn't close the door, though, on other potential trades happening. And that's something you and I have been talking about for the last few weeks, that you didn't sense that that was coming. And I think this stretch kind of speaks to it where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that I think we, we both kind of pointed to them secretly extending Billy Donovan as to why they're probably not going to do a full teardown. Um, I know Salim Sudawala of Bulls Gold, his theory was because the Bulls are still within striking distance of the play-in game and the revenue that the Reinsdorfs can, can get from that um, would keep them from blowing it all up as well. But as, as well as they've played um, in these last 12 games and as reasonable as it is to to think that they can get that six seed i'm i'm torn between them making subtle changes and trying to push for that six seed and them trading for demar Derozan and maybe taking a step back the rest mm-hmm. of this year in the hopes of stepping forward again next year um and I, i've heard it compared to what portland did in trading for cj mccollum last february now in the deal that sent him to New Orleans, there were two other players involved, Larry Nash Jr. and Tony Snell. Mm-hmm. But I've got to believe that DeMar DeRozan, they ha- and we talked about this as well, too, that there's a he's such a specialized player that he doesn't necessarily, on paper at least, fit everywhere. Like, there's got to be um, some things in place for him to, for him to succeed with, in whatever situation he goes to. But there's, there's got to be a market for him of some sort. Um, and I just wonder if it's time to kind of throw in the towel again on this first phase and start setting yourself up for the second phase. And the reason being, especially when it comes to Zach, you keep him, um, a guy who's more of a – of a, or all the way more of a three-point shooter – is going to change the way that the team operates. You know, they're a very heavy mid-range team. I think they take the most mid-range jump shots in the league. This would potentially open up that offense. Um, Zach Levine is a guy who, even if you do end up trading down the road, he's somebody that should fit well with anybody that you bring in because of the way that he can score the ball um, and the way that he can shoot threes off the catch. But you also open the door for Patrick Williams to hopefully take a little bit more of the – ball handling, the usage, the shot attempts um, that maybe DeMar was getting, and you you kind of give him uh, a runway to take another step as a player. So I think there's there's some there's some things that can happen here if they do decide to move off the rose and if the right deal presents itself. I still think a retool should be in the back of their mind. You know, like and I I get the sense just based off of what you're, you know, you hear from Darnell, like they're maybe not convinced that they have to trade somebody like DeMar DeRozan right now, but I do think that that course of action at least allows you to maybe stay somewhat competitive this season. Like, are you going to go for the sixth seed? Probably not. You'd probably be a play-in team with whatever move you make. So like the, use the, the Kuzma trade again, like that we talked about in the last episode or something like that. I think, 
that kind of move still makes you somewhat competitive this year, allows you maybe to see if, if Kuzma is a guy you want to keep and bring back. And I think you would probably lean towards extending him and, and having him as part of this core, but it also then allows you to then kind of reset your vision for next season. You know, you know, okay, Zach and a Kuzma ish player. I don't want to make everybody think that that's the move, but you know what I mean? Like somebody like that, mm-hmm. that that's your, your two maybe mainstay pieces. And then you go and seek whether that's via trade free agency, the other pieces to fill the rest of the roster you know, and kind of rethink and retool the roster on the fly. Because I think if you do surround this team with maybe some defensive help shooting, I think it, this takes another step. And then maybe a defensive minded center kind of helps with all that. Now there's probably a ton of Bulls fans out there that are like, well, you, you had that, didn't you? You had that with Wendell Carter and Laurie Markinen. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But I think there, I think that would be probably the best course of action with this group, but it is interesting. I think could this stretch kind of change things. And also with this DeMar injury, you know, that might change some of, of what they're thinking too. I mean, we don't know. Like, I mean, didn't seem like it was horrific, but. Yeah. Once, once the replay showed that he stumbled a little bit over Al Horford's foot, I kind of breathed a, a big sigh of relief because initially it looked like, oh man, is this a, is this some sort of a, you know, MCL, ACL injury that this guy suffered? Because it, it did look like a non-contact injury at first. Um, but from all, you know, from by all accounts, it doesn't seem like it's going to be something that's going to be a long-term issue with him. Um, I lost my train of thought, but. <laughs> well, and, and, and no worries. It, it, you know, the quad, it, those can be tricky sometimes because they can kind of nag for a little bit. But, you know, um. With a guy like DeMar, I feel like with his game too, like he might be able to kind of gut it out a bit. And look, with with the way Zach's playing right now, maybe that can take some of the pressure off of him. Um, but I, I guess as a worthy trade candidate, like, I don't know, in, in the NBA, I guess injuries don't always kind of hold you back from making a, a move like that. Like if he's still kind of gutting it out, you might say, you know, it's worth taking the risk if, risk if we're going to, if you're the other team looking to make a, a run into the in the postseason. So yeah. I found my train of thought actually. <laughs> you know, of course they do have an like I said, they have the easiest remaining schedule, but we also know that they haven't played the greatest against some of the sub five hundred teams in this league. And part of me is saying, well, I mean, Zach can do this bad all by himself. As as a reason as to why they maybe should move off of DeRozan and Vucevic and maybe even Caruso. And like you said, start to bring in players who can, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to bring in anybody that's going to fill those guys' shoes, but they might be able to bring in guys who can better complement Zach. Um, like you yeah. said, more shooting, um, more defenders, guys who can get stops. I don't know who those guys would be or, or who would be available. And again, DeMar DeRozan is such a unique player. I don't know which teams will be kind of bidding for his services. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there's only, what is it, 14 games into the trade deadline. So obviously yeah. these are conversations that, or these are thoughts that we would hope or think that um, Carnesova is and Eversley are already having. 
but I just wonder, are they, are they going to wait and see, you know, a few more games into this stretch to see if they're able to gain some more ground before they make a decision or, mm-hmm. or, or what it's going to be? Cause that, something has to happen. And look, if it's not DeMar, maybe, maybe it is just adding depth and shooting uh, and maybe some type of three and D asset to just kind of help add a little extra to the roster. I, I, you know, maybe maybe that is the move, and and like Salim Surtawala hinted to, trying to get to that six seed to you know make it more uh, tolerable for the Reinsdorfs, I guess. Hey, but I think either way, like just with this latest stretch, I, I think it does kind of spell that things might stay somewhat similar. I don't think a, an incomplete tank job is coming anytime soon. Um, you spoke to the fact that the schedule softening and that it is one of the easier schedules according to Tankathon there's some games coming up here where look, if the bulls play at the effort level, they're playing now, they could fatten up on some wins. Um, where are they at right now? Um, here since the Minnesota debacle, I want to say, what are they at? Uh, we at eight and four right now, eight and four since that. And we talked about that actually, I think in the last episode, If, if you're eight and four since that game, eight out of 12 is not, not too shabby. Um, but there's some interesting opponents here on the schedule and, you know, we'll, we'll break down the next three here shortly before we wrap up, but you got the wizards, the thunder, the warriors at home, uh, you're playing the pistons in France and that's a depleted pistons team a bit right now, uh, hosting the Hawks who kind of are in constant flux. It seems like pacers, they're a tough team and you're playing them at Indianapolis facing the Hornets, facing the magic hosting the Clippers. I mean, that's that's the rest of the month. You, you have some opportunities here to continue to gain ground. You do. You do. And there, <laughs> we, we talked about this a little bit, I think, on the last pod. But, <laughs> again, they're going to get a little bit of luck. Um, Bradley Bill was out right now um, mm-hmm. for Wednesday's game. Daniel Gafford, Corey Kispert, and Kristaps Porzingis are all questionable as well. Mm. So... Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they again, we don't know what's going to happen with DeMar. He's also questionable. And now we just got this news that Javante Green is going to have a, um orthoscopic knee on his right knee. He's been doing yeah. a lot of knee soreness since uh, that first Golden State game. So Always scary whenever you hear a Bulls player is going under the knife for anything knee-related. I just – <laughs> You know, what's, what's funny is – it was reported at least I want to say a couple of weeks ago that he had a bone bruise. And I thought that there would be more noise from Bulls Nation about, oh man, we we've seen where these bone bruises can lead. Um, but it kind of didn't I don't know if it's because he's dancing on the sideline with Dale and Terry or or what it was, but there wasn't a, it didn't seem to be too much um, you know, skepticism or or just fear of what that might lead to. And and you know, here we are today with news that he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So Derek Jones Jr., you know, mm-hmm. his minutes are going <laughs> to are going to go up. And this is where you need this is where you need, you know, Patrick Williams to kind of bring what he brought against, you know, the Sixers and the Nets more consistently. You need him to step up in this stretch too. So, um let's go through these next three games here before we wrap up. So, again, on the road against the Wizards, a depleted Wizards team as you pointed out hosting the Thunder, who, of course, you know, de- delivered a heartbreaking loss to the Bulls during a West Coast trip where it looked like they were about to catch lightning in a bottle and it 
turned to a thud right after that game. And then hosting on Sunday, the Golden State Warriors uh, for a Sunday matinee game at 2.30. Prediction on this stretch here for you. So I'm going 2-1. Um, 2-1. I got them winning those first two contests against the Wizards and the Thunder and losing at home to the Golden State Warriors, who I believe are just getting Steph Curry back tonight. Yeah. We, as we record this pod on Tuesday against the Suns. Um, so I got them going 2-1. I'm, I'm reversing field from where we were last podcast. Part of me wants to be so bold and say 3-0. and I thought about that. <laughs> I Just because that game hosting at home, the Warriors, feels like a game they want to get up for, especially after that game in the Bay Area. They were down big, hung tough, got back in it. I think for a little bit, took a lead and then lost it. That was with the Draymond three-pointer. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to, I'm going to be wimpy. I'm going to go two and one as well. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to stick with you. I there, There's just part of me that wants to do it, but I do think the, the wizards and a revenge game against the thunder, since you're at home in that one, um, I think it sets up pretty nicely and you're getting some good breaks here. Yeah. That's my prediction. And when we record next week, we'll be talking about this, uh, this game in France that's going to happen Thursday, January 19th. Um, that's going to be very intriguing. So, um, yeah, but you heard it. Two and one from both of us. We're both predicting the same thing. We're both very boring when it comes to these <laughs> predictions. I usually want to be bold, but I don't know. I, I'm having trouble with that one with the Warriors. I just, I feel like with Steph coming back, I feel like he's going to start cooking pretty quickly. So Same here, and I feel like the Warriors is always find a way to win the, the buzzer beat. I believe it was a buzzer beat that Damian Lee hit mm-hmm. um, was that a couple years ago, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up on basketball reference, but it's they haven't beaten – the Bulls haven't beaten Golden State. I don't know exactly when it was, but I'm going through the years. I'm on 2018-19 and still no win against Golden State. So I think it was 2017 in the year of the three alphas. It was a home game where Steph Curry and Klay Thompson just shot like shit. They were ice cold from the field. You, you called it. Oh, my God. You're right. 16-17. Mm-hmm. Thursday night bulls on TNT. It was, oh. they were hosting them. And I, I, rem, I, for the first half, I was at a Mariano's. Okay. No joke. Shopping at Mariano's. It was on TV because they had that wine bar. <laughs> and um, I remember that very vividly. So, um, Hey, maybe, maybe the magic happens this Sunday. You never know. Maybe they go cold from the field this time around, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. we can only hope. Of course, you know the drill, everybody. If you're an avid listener, if you're new, well, we'll give it to you now. You can follow me on Twitter at mgenteel88. You can follow Drew at look what Drew did. And you can follow the Rebuildable podcast at rebuild underscore a underscore bowl. That's where the latest episodes will drop. And, of course, they drop it on all the major platforms you stream your podcast on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. All the ones you listen to. You can find Rebuildable Podcast there. Subscribe. That way you can get the latest episode right away. It comes right in your feed. And that's a beautiful thing. Really looking forward to this next three-game stretch and can't wait to break down the next slate of games with you, Drew. So with Drew Stevens, I'm Matt Gentile. We'll catch you next week, Bulls Nation.
Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.